This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Five minutes after five o'clock on a Monday morning. What a miserable weekend if you had outdoor activities planned. I'm Pam Yonke checking in this morning from the home farm up in uh, the Green Bay area. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of flooding issues that are being discussed up here in northeast Wisconsin. And given the weather we had over the weekend, there were communities that were hit by power outages and a lot of heavy rain. Doesn't look like the weather is going to improve all that much. We'll talk about that. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist is catching up with us in about 15 minutes. For today, partly sunny skies. That's welcome, but it's going to stay on the cool side. 61 are expected high. Tonight down to 44. Tomorrow, cloudy skies, 60 degrees with more scattered showers and thunderstorms redeveloping. For Wednesday, we'll bounce up to 75, but we still have a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms in the forecast. You know, it's not just about corn and soybean farmers that we've got to focus our attention in on. After 5.30, we're also going to talk about some of our specialty crops. Are you like me, looking forward to Wisconsin strawberries? Well, you know, this kind of weather can make that season a whole lot shorter. We're talking about it with Reba McClone after 5.30. And in studio before 6 o'clock, Bob Knack is going to give us an update from the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources on how our deer population came through the winter. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. You know what? Each and every one of you could become a hero. What am I talking about? I'm talking about having the discussion and making the decision to be an organ, tissue, and eye donor. Across the state of Wisconsin, there's more than 3,000 Wisconsinites right now waiting for an organ, tissue, or eye donation, and you could be their hero. One person can save as many as eight lives through organ donation and improve 75 lives through tissue and eye donation. But listen, it's a decision that you have to make so your family doesn't have to make it for you. It's simple and easy to do. Register now. Get online. Donate LifeWisconsin.org. Register today. It's fast. It's easy. Just jump online. Donate LifeWisconsin.org. That's DonateLifeWisconsin.org. You not only become a hero in your family today, you become someone else's hero in the future. It's not far away. We're talking about June Berry Month. And also, don't forget, if you're one of those farmers in the designated districts, get your vote in, too, for the Board of Directors, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. I know they're busy, busy, busy. All over the state, Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. I know dairy breakfasts are one thing that goes on, Pam, but there's so much more that the dairy farmers of Wisconsin get involved in coming up in June, isn't there? Absolutely. Hooray, Wisconsin Dairy.org. That's one place you can find out on a lot of those dairy-related events. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, where I got a chance to visit with Katie Hepler, one of the staff that's helping to make sure consumers tap into the energy in Wisconsin when it comes to celebrating our Dairy Month. It is National Dairy Month in June, not just limited to Wisconsin. But as Katie Hepler pointed out, in her opinion, Wisconsin does uh, National Dairy Month best. We do a big and better than anyone out there, Pam. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter the year. But yes, 
every year, you know, we want to make sure what we're doing um, is making sense. And we're obviously making the most use of the funds that we have. And so we really took a look this year and said, okay, what have we been doing that's been working? And obviously that's our breakfast, 70 across the state um, throughout and beyond the month. And saying, how else can we get Wisconsinites engaged and celebrating dairy? And so for us, really, the message is not just go to a breakfast, but just celebrate Wisconsin dairy and recognize, you know, the farmers that put in the work for us to have these products that allow us to enjoy ice cream or the wonderful cheese that we, you know, hold very near and dear to our heart. But also thinking about um, ways that you could do that beyond um, going to a breakfast. So that's really where it all started for this year. And we've got a couple, uh, I'll say, new opportunities for those celebrations. Katie, tell me about some of the I'll say brand new in 2019 editions that folks might want to tap into. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, um, I I hope everyone out has has seen at least our um, I'm a Wisconsin Dairy Farmer docuseries um, featuring six different Wisconsin dairy farmers. Um, So one of the ways is we thought, you know, these should be on the big screen and hopefully maybe someday they will. And in fact, they will be in June. We have a partnership with Marcus Movie Theaters where um, our I'm a Wisconsin Farmer documentary series will be shown in all 23 theaters in the state of Wisconsin, two over the border in the St. Paul area, and then one in Gurney. So again, it's all about we're hitting consumers with a farmer story um, when they're captivated right before the trailers start. Um, they'll get to see one of these videos with an end card, you know, recognizing that it's National Dairy Month and, you know, continue to support our Wisconsin dairy farmers. How long are the clips that they'll be seeing. Tell me a little bit about those documentaries that'll feature those farms. Yep. So these are going to be our short clips of 30 seconds. Um, And so the whole idea is to try to get them to really experience and enjoy um, and live in that moment. And then um, having follow on messages again with Marcus and the deal that we or partnership that we have with them where um, there'll be posters, movie style posters of these films that are being featured you know, showing the name like Place of Learning with Jim Millsna or Breaking Down Barriers with Renee Clark um, and then driving consumers to use the hashtag Wisconsin Dairy and also watch all of the films on the YouTube playlist. So when are we going to be featuring those uh, documentaries then, Katie? So they'll start May 31st and then um, they'll end July 14th. And then knowing that a lot of the uh, moviegoer attendees are repeat customers, we phase it out over two-week flights so that basically for two weeks, one film will be playing in all theaters, um, all locations statewide, and then within the two, the three other outside of the state, within all of the th- all of the theaters, and then every single filming that particular piece will be shown and that'll be changed up every two weeks. Excellent. So literally talking with your consumers face to face. Now, like we said, National Dairy Month, it's not just about the celebrations. It's not just about getting folks in close proximity to those dairy farms. There's also a big conference coming up a little bit later in July, a dairy experience that brings not just Wisconsin's dairy industry, dairy farmers together, but uh, some folks in Minnesota partnering up with us. Yeah, actually the Midwest, uh, the Midwest Dairy Group. So they are basically our counterparts um, within the Midwest region of seven states. And they, um, Midwest actually organized this conference last year. And the whole premise is around connecting dairy farmers and the dairy industry with the consumer. You know, we know that consumers trust dairy farmers and that they, you know, they like dairy, but the world is changing very quickly as as we all know and consumers are changing and driving the type of products and the type of tools and technology that we use on a day-to-day basis. So we want to bring the industry to help understand the consumer mindset 
where they're at, and then understand how brands within our industry have innovated and try to say, okay, this is what's being done now. But then let's also think about what could be happening five years so that we as an industry are getting ahead of the curve and we're meeting those demands constantly and we're not falling behind. Now, that's going to be up in the Twin Cities. I'm very intrigued by this because, as you said, it's the second time that we've done this. And although we constantly want dairy farmers aware of how their industry is changing, I'm also intrigued that the dairy processing side, the people with the packages, the people Mm -hmm. with the product, the retail space are also equally engaged in this process. Correct. Yes. So this is something that you know, we're hoping to get 800 in attendance. We'd like to have 500 be dairy farmers, um, 300 be within the industry supply chain side of things. But again, it's all about everyone coming together and understand where the consumer is coming from. And I know for, you know, many of the folks that we want to have attend, a lot of times they're 30 sets removed from that end consumer. And it's really hard to know and get it. And also, you know, I, we understand farmers are really busy and it's not their job to do this, but we want to make sure that they understand and they under, they know what we're doing as an industry and a checkoff to help continue to push and ensure that dairy maintains in this favorable, positive state with the consumer. Well, the thing that always kind of bothers me from my perspective, Katie, is some of these are not 30-second updates. No. Uh, I cannot convey all the information a dairy farm should know about those consumer trends in my show via an article, and farmers far too many times are left with just a headline. I hear it all the time. They puke it back to me. Oh, well, milk consumption's down to 40-year lows or something like that. That's just a headline. This conference will actually explain more of the detail behind why we see what's happening with consumer trends. Correct. And I, I mean, I, you hit it on, you hit the nail on the head. And we're starting out with a bang. So you want to know what the consumers are thinking? We're having a marketing research expert come in and talk about what generations are driving the changes. And, you know, spoiler, it's Gen Z and, and we the future, to be honest with you. Um, they're already consuming and they're already just as savvy as their parents, if not more, on the type of uh, quality of food that they expect. And it's not just a commodity. It's a relationship and it, there's a value proposition with each of these products. So we'll actually then have a consumer panel of older Gen Z. So that's 18 to 23 year olds from around the country, different backgrounds, different races, different socioeconomic status coming in to literally unfiltered share how they feel about dairy and then follow on from there. And you, as a dairy producer, you better be ready to get bristled a little bit because I see it and I know you do, Katie. When you hear these people speak with commitment about not just the quality of the product, but the way you produce it, the ethics behind the industry, that is as important to them as any price. Absolutely. And I mean, again, this whole um, the whole form is really around educating, bringing everyone together to have a conversation and, you know, make sure that we're listening. Right. You how you really move forward and you gain and, and those companies that have think of like famous entrepreneurs, like it all comes from an insight that they realize how their consumers were um, experiencing and using and thinking about their products. So, I mean, it follows along with some futurists. Um, We're going to have a dairy innovation panel. So um, folks from a woman who uh, works at Amazon and used to work at Google talk about how she works with dairy brands to um, inform them on product innovation based on consumer reviews and what they're searching on the the, um, Amazon uh, platform. Um, Vilsack will be speaking as a keynote. Um, we'll be having an e-commerce panel um, talking about how um, 
dairy and what they're doing with grocers like, <clears throat> excuse me, Woodman's, Kalowski's, people from Target that started the Cartwheel app. Like all these people can help inform and at least help us give a perspective because the more knowledge we know as an industry, the better informed and the better ideas we can bring to the table. Now, how can we, we're getting, getting them all excited about this, Kitty. How can they get involved if they want to be a part of the dairy experience that's going to be happening in the Twin Cities come July? Or, again, to tap into that Marcus Theater experience and see those uh, video vignettes leading to the docudramas from our dairy farm families. June is going to be a busy month. I know we've got HoorayWisconsin.com. That's always got our June dairy events, you know, the breakfast and that. But Mm -hmm. how else can they be connected to these other opportunities we were talking about? Right. Well, so for Marcus, um, visit your theater. um, Enjoy a film. Um, you know, they have $5, I think they have $5 flicks on Tuesday. So, you know, that's always a great time to go check things out. So see the films, um, go to, uh, YouTube and go to our America's Dairyland channel. You can watch all the films from there. Um, obviously we'd love to hear any comments, feedbacks, thoughts, um, from our, our dairy farmers and the dairy community. So certainly, um, email us at the dairy farmers of Wisconsin. Um, and then, you know, Go to HoorayWisconsinDairy.com um, if you want to understand breakfast or um, direct any of your community members to it. As far as the Dairy Experience Forum, uh, that's taking place July 16th through the 18th uh, in St. Paul. Um, registration is available at the dairyexperienceforum.com. And, you know, again, we want to make sure that dairy farmers can come and attend. So, you know, we've made registration $99 um, for that, and we're looking to help also support other ways to get them there. But, um, you know, for right now, registration is out there. They can learn more. Again, if you have any questions, please reach out to um, us and we can answer them. Hopefully it, you know, I think everybody's less than happy with where we sit in Wisconsin agriculture. It doesn't matter if you're dairy or if you're any other commodity. Hopefully this will give you a chance to channel some of that extra energy, if you will, into a positive area of educating yourself on what's happening in your marketplace, what's happening in your community, what's happening around the world. Dairy experience, just one of those, or better yet, right in your own community with HoorayWisconsin.com and those great dairy celebrations as we go into National Dairy Month. Katie Hepler. From Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin and your Dairy Checkoff Dollars. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need new windows. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 Years in 80 Minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. With the huge swing in temperatures from below zero to the upper 90s, Ganser Company has the only window made for Wisconsin climate. Infinity Windows from Marvin offer a lifetime warranty. Bring on the ice, wind, and the heat. Infinity Windows don't warp, crack, or fade like vinyl windows. Call today, 608-222-1243, or stop into our showroom and see the Infinity Window Experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. For decades, white planters have earned a reputation for boosting yields and profits. Now they've taken a quantum leap forward with the addition of Precision Planting's remarkable seeding technology. 
It gives you more speed, more precision, and better yields. Plant with confidence for an early season win and an end of season reward. Learn more about white planters at your local Ziegler Ag Equipment location or online at zieglerag.com. CBD. It's the latest, greatest way to manage pain, inflammation, anxiety, and more. You want it, and we've got it. But we're sticking to our roots, all things vape. At Infinite Vapor, we still want to help you quit smoking. Because for us, vaping isn't a trend. It's a choice to live. Let the vape fix and help. Located on Atwood and University, Infinite Vapor, customer service gurus who got into the vaping business. Just moo it. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 519 now on a Monday morning and time to check in on weather. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us and I'll tell you what, buddy, there's a whole lot of folks got soggy feet this morning. Not just this morning, Pam. Seems like I've been slogging through the mud all the way from Friday afternoon, certainly Saturday and Sunday with very, very wet weather. Just the city of Madison, over three quarters of an inch of rain Saturday and Sunday, almost an inch and four tenths at La Crosse, the report now. Really wet conditions, but that low pressure system has pulled away. That system off over in lower Michigan today, leaving us in the quiet weather. In fact, a high-pressure system will assure us that we enjoy sunshine with the sunshine. Temperatures trying to warm up somewhat, still cooler than normal. That's unfortunate. And without much of a drying breeze today, I don't know that it's going to make a real big difference in these really wet field conditions. But we get a break. There's great news. The next low is already forming in the Dakotas. It's going to move from around far western Kansas and Nebraska, east and northeast, and absolutely bring more rain to the area. In fact, I have to talk about some rain chance developing tomorrow, probably midday in the afternoon, lasting overnight into Wednesday. And in that time frame, there could be severe weather further south, all kinds of problems. We may miss out on some of it, but I expect we'll get wet enough as we make our way on toward midweek. At least then, temperatures warm up. I'll have the forecast details right after this. For control of yellow nut sedge and tough-to-kill broadleaf weeds like common lamb's quarters and water hemp in your cornfield, tank mix Yukon in your post-emergence herbicide treatment. Yukon is the gold standard in knockdown and residual control of yellow nut sedge. With two modes of action, Yukon gives you an easy-to-tank mix tool that also helps defend against herbicide resistance. To keep your cornfields clean of yield-robbing yellow nut sedge and tough broadleaf weeds, trust Yukon from Gowan, USA. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. Your friends, family, and neighbors at Compere Financial have your back. As proud partners of the beef industry, we're here for you and join you in celebrating National Beef Month in May. Learn more at Compere.com. Trademarks of Compere Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender. Expect a mostly sunny day today. Absolutely fine. Upper 50s around 60. North winds at 5 to 15. Partly cloudy overnight. We drop down into the low and mid 40s. North winds become southeast. Pretty light about 5. Cloudy skies. Rain developing Tuesday. Mid 50s. East winds will be stronger though. 8 to 18. Gusting to 25. Still some rain possible early Wednesday. Partly sunny. A bit nicer. In fact, heading up in the low and mid 70s, Pam. So take that as an improvement 
movement. At least it does warm up, but I expect more wet weather for midweek. All right, we'll try to stay optimistic about it, Stu. Thank you. Stumach Ag Meteorologist with weather details. Now, coming up after 530, it's not just corn and soybean growers worried about this weather. There's plenty of specialty farmers in Wisconsin. Those strawberries that you like to enjoy in June, well, they may take a little while this year. We're talking about that after 530. It's 525. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. The Madison Area Crime Stoppers and the Madison Police Crime Prevention Unit need your help in reducing stolen automobiles in the city of Madison. There have been 150 stolen vehicles so far in 2019, a 14% increase over the same time period last year. In April of this year, the city had 34 stolen autos reported, representing a 36% increase over April of 2018. Of the 34 stolen autos reported in April, 28 had keys left in them. Two cars were unlocked and running at the time of the theft. Stolen auto incidents have occurred at all times of the day, but they are more frequent during the overnight hours. Take into consideration the following crime prevention tips. Lock your doors. Remove your keys from the vehicle. Do not leave a spare key near your vehicle. Close the windows. Park in well-lit areas. Install an audible alarm system and anti-theft device. Install a vehicle immobilizer system. Install a tracking system. And remember, look out for your neighbors and lock it up. My fiancé had known that I had wanted to be a part of the designing of our engagement ring. I have known Scott Chalmers and Garrett for at least eight years because I cut their hair. I knew I could trust them with the design. Oh, God, the moment that we picked out the stone. Then they customize a ring around that stone. From there, they showed us a 3D version. To that, we go to a wax mold, and at the very end, you will be surprised with the ring that you designed. But I don't see it until he gets down on one knee and proposes to me. So there is a whole lot of surprise to it. The wow moment was when I saw the solitaire for the very first time. It was the most beautiful, unique oval I have ever seen in my entire life. My ring isn't my ring. It's our ring. It's our love story. Jumpers, jewelers, in and Madison. Some people don't mind taking a risk. Like the guy who thinks he can squeeze one more mile out of the fuel tank but runs out of gas. Or taking a giant swig out of an expired jug of milk. The one thing you don't want to take a chance on is your water heater going out. If it's over 12 years old, you might think about calling Benjamin Plumbing. They'll let you know if you're due for a replacement. And they only install top-brand water heaters. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Wacky water heater? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Agronomy, feed, propane, agri-finance, fuels, and more. Insight FS is your supplier of choice. 
Plant Health and in-season nutrition are cornerstones of finishing strong in your fields. Your local FS crop specialist is the perfect person to walk your fields and provide expert advice to help you protect your yield through the end of the growing season. From energy to agriculture, on the farm or at home, make Insight FS your valued partner. Visit InsightFS.com for a location near you. I'm Dr. Linda Van Eldick, a biomedical scientist supported by the American Health Assistance Foundation. I'm dedicated to educating the public because it's important for all of us to understand this debilitating disease. I conduct research aimed at discovering new and effective treatments for Alzheimer's disease. This is critical because every 70 seconds someone in America is diagnosed with Alzheimer's. That's more than a thousand people a day. Preliminary data show that exercise, a healthy diet, and keeping your mind active may help reduce your risk. At our website, ahaf.org, experts will answer your questions and address your concerns. Find out about promising research the Foundation funds and learn how to live with or care for someone with the disease. Call 1-800-437-2423 or go to ahaf.org for a free brochure on understanding Alzheimer's disease. That's 1-800-437-2423. Be the light. That's my motto. Hi, I'm Scott, proud employee with EverReady Electric for over 20 years. We want you. Yes, you. We're hiring for journeymen or master electricians, full-time with a hiring bonus of $1,500. Why? Well, we get that transitioning from one job to another has costs, and we're here to support you in a new comfort zone. Join our team and apply online, or call and ask for Linda. She'll amp you up. We're EverReady. Jeff Cirillo, former Brewer, two-time All-Star. Jeff, how are we doing today, man? Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. What's going on? Uh, we're just, you know, riding high. It's, uh, it's a good time to be a Wisconsinite, man, with all the sports going on. Uh, catch us up on what you've been up to uh, in your career post, you know, playing professionally in the MLB. Well, you know, I did some TV when I first retired with the Brewers, and then, um, you know, it was just too far away for me to get there. Um, on a convenient basis or on a regular basis. So I uh, went into scouting, and I've been with the Angels for the last uh, about eight years, seven years. So, Jeff, that's kind of why I wanted to bring you on, because you were with FSN Wisconsin when Ryan Braun was in his heyday from about, what was it, 08 to 11 you were with them? Yes. We've had a long, long debate on Ryan Braun on this show. There's a lot of lovers for Ryan Braun. From when you were working at FSN Wisconsin – to now, have you seen a big difference in what Ryan Braun looks like as a hitter? Uh, you know, I've, I've actually watched uh, some of the stuff, and, and, you know, if we would have had this conversation two weeks ago, uh, it might have been a different answer. But, you know, I, I see the same guy, the same setup. Um, I mean, he's still using the same 35-inch bat. Uh, I think his hand speed looks fine. The one thing about getting older as a player, you don't really lose your hand speed, or you don't really lose your eyes or anything like that. Uh, what happens is it's just hard to bounce back. So when you see Ryan and maybe he'll go over eight, he'll get a day off, you know, and he'll get built-in days off. So you can still play at a high level. It's just a matter of the bounce back for a 35-year-old player. is not the same as a 23-year-old. Yeah, that when we were trying to find the, the scout to talk to, that was right when Ryan Braun was batting like 170, and now he's raised it about 100 points. So it might have a little, little <laughs> less 
uh, I've been loving it, Jeff. It. It's been great to see Ryan Braun, uh, you know, get it done at the plate. Because he was so – Nelson was, like, smiling ear to ear. He's all giddy when you responded back to him in that DM. He's like, I got Jeff. We're going to break down Braun. And then Braun just started having himself a series against the Phillies. So it was nice to see. Nelson, you got another question? I just – so you played for the Brewers and you've been around the team. Who do you think the greatest brew of all time is? Well, the greatest brew of all, all time has got to be Robin. You know, I mean, just the fact that he was there at 18 years old and he played there till he was 40 years old. I mean, it's 23 years of stats. He's got a two-time, two-time MVP uh, with no, there's no murkiness around him. You know, he played hard. And he played the right way. Yeah, Jeff Cirillo joining us right now. Jeff, I got to ask you: When you watch Christian Yelich, do you think Christian Yelich can ever have the opportunity if he continues this pace that he's on? Of you know, I mean, Robbie Nell to me is probably the greatest brewer of all time as well. But do you think Christian Yelich can put his name up there in the pantheon of all-time greats? Uh, absolutely. I mean, two-time MVP. I mean, I think he's trending pretty well right now. Uh, and the chances of the Brewers go to the World Series, make the playoffs again, and you know, he's going to be around for a while. Was he have four years left on a, on a very team-friendly deal? Yeah, definitely. And then we were having a really exciting time because we um, have been talking about here on the show about Keston Hira and his rise, you know, through the ranks of the minors, then now getting called up uh, to the majors after Travis Shaw had some struggles. What I don't know if you've seen much of Keston Hira, but when you are coming up through the ranks like that and you get called up at a young age and just the the pressure of competing in the major leagues, um, how do players deal with that pressure and a lot of expectations sitting on them? I have to tell you, it's a different deal today because the culture of the minor leagues with the major leagues, they, they innovate guys in spring training with the workouts and the weight rooms and the trainers rooms. They're all kind of interconnected. There's the big league side, which is, you know, the penthouse Taj Mahal type area. But then in spring training, you have the minor leagues that are the lower floors to a really nice hotel over there at Maryville. And so when they get that, they try and let them hit the ground running. Well, back in the day when we were in Chandler, I mean, the, you could hear the noise from the big league stadium, but those guys were kind of kept secluded from us. So when you got to the big leagues, it was really some of the first time you'd really ever experienced what a major league looked like. And, you know, as far as facing Roger Clemens, you'd only see him on TV. <laughs> we say everyone's kind of obtainable. Nelson? Yeah. So, uh, Keston Hira, after his first major league game, he said on his first at bat, when he was running to first base, his feet felt heavy and he's never felt slower in his life. So what did a 24-year-old Jeff Cirillo feel like when he first stepped up into a major league at bat? Well, I thought it was in a video game. <laughs> I thought it literally was in a video game. First time today is different because the minor leagues, the field's really nice. They have big jumbotrons. You can see your picture on the board. When I came up in Fenway, that was the first time I'd ever seen the picture of my face on a, <laughs> on a board. So it's a different experience, but at the same time, you'll never forget it, good or bad. Uh, who was that pitcher? Who- this is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 5.35 as we roll our way towards 6 o'clock on a Monday morning. We're talking with Bob Knack, big game specialist from the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. That polar vortex, what did it do to our deer population or any of the wild things we've got around Wisconsin? He'll be joining us before we hit 6 o'clock. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. Boy, there's a lot of folks that are getting more than a little concerned about all the wet, 
cool weather we're experiencing around Wisconsin. We think a lot about corn and soybean growers, but believe you me, other farmers are being impacted as well. From Wisconsin strawberries right on through to Wisconsin grapes, Reba McClone's got an update this morning. Even though Wisconsin is known for beer, there are over 100 wineries throughout the state. I was able to talk to Ryan Prelowitz, owner of Vines and Rushes Winery in Ripon, about how the winter of 2018 impacted his crop and how wine for 2019 is looking. Ryan, you guys have a winery and vineyard, and you also do some cash cropping as well as strawberries. Can you tell me a little bit how you guys are doing right now in this spring? Uh, We're doing okay. Uh, We don't really know real well yet because we haven't hit bud break yet with the grapes. Uh, That's going to be coming up in the next week or two. Uh, Buds are starting to push out, but we don't quite know how the winter's impacted us. If we go based on uh, what some of the southern uh, regions of the state are experiencing for grapes, then we are probably in in not wonderful shape, but not terrible shape. There's going to definitely be some loss, uh, depending on the varieties that were grown by each grower and uh, how susceptible those varieties uh, specifically are to some damage from winter kill. Uh, once you get down into the negative 20s and negative 30s, there's certainly some varieties that can survive that, but also some varieties that we grow here that'll see a portion of those buds die uh, during that cold temp. And some of it has an impact on uh, how a winter starts and how winter ends and, and the length of the cold. And so we're really just not quite sure where things are at right now uh, with the grape side of things. On the strawberry end of the spectrum, uh, it's been a real slow start to the spring. Uh, We're somewhere under 100 growing degree days. In the last two years, we were somewhere around 120 to 150 range at this point in time. Uh, So we're definitely a little uh, far behind uh, with the strawberries, but that's something that can certainly pick up in a hurry if the growing uh, degree days and heat picks up, uh, then we might see a, a swing uh, and move things along a little bit faster. With the strawberries specifically, how is that going to impact when people will be able to come out to do pick your own or if when they're going to be able to come out and get those fresh berries that you guys have gotten for them? We do pick your own and pre-picked at the farm here at Prowitz Produce, and it's always hard to set a date in advance. We don't really have any idea, uh, but it's not going to be early June at this point in time. We know that much, uh, so how fast things move is really going to be determined by the temp from here on out. Uh, I would guess the second half of June. Um, and if things uh, stay cool, it could be really late June. If things warm up quite a bit, then we'll be looking at middle of the month, essentially. And then with the grapes, how did the polar vortex impact a lot of them. I know you talked about some of the negative degree temperatures impacting some of those vines. I know there's some varieties that just can't be grown in Wisconsin because of the winters. Are there some that normally would be okay that maybe struggled coming into this year? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's some that won't survive well or the the growth above the ground or the on, on a grapevine you have uh, primary buds, secondary buds, and tertiary buds. Uh, each one of those buds um, will pop out. If your primary dies, your secondary will pop out. If the secondary dies, tertiary will pop out uh, and uh, sustain the vine. But the secondary is going to be a little less fruitful and the tertiary may not have any fruit at all. Uh, so it really comes down to um, how many buds were damaged on a vine 
and what that vine uh, varietal uh, is uh, can have an impact on the amount of fruit it would produce on those uh, backup buds. With those different types of buds and maybe how the winter impacted them, does that change the flavor of the grapes a little bit maybe or impact kind of what you would do to be making the wines this year? Uh, that's pretty much going to determine the amount of yield that we're going to see. Uh, but sometimes when you decrease the yield on a vine, you might be able to uh, ripen the fruit a little earlier in the season because there's going to be less fruit hanging. And so that might determine uh, some stylistic changes uh, in wine uh, or just being able to get uh, fruit a little riper uh, a little earlier in the season. Uh, so there are some advantages uh, to a little bit lighter crop load, uh, but it's certainly not something that uh, anybody's looking to see happen. How do you think your 2019 kind of summer into fall and production year is going to be looking? A general estimate of what you're thinking right now. I really don't know. Uh, as part of the variability in farming uh, is we just don't know uh, what that crop load is going to look like. We, we source fruit from all over the state, and, uh, and so we might see a portion of the state won't have any issues at all, and a portion of the state might have significant loss. Uh, so what does that mean in the end is uh, we might have to bring in from a couple of other growers um, uh, and go looking for more fruit uh, um, in different varieties that we haven't uh, worked with in the past. Uh, it's just really hard to say until you get to the point where you're seeing fruit on the vine. Uh, when you get to that um, that blossom coming out and, and actually showing fruit, uh, then you can start to do some realistic counts uh, or better estimates to understand where you're going to be at at the end of the year. And I know you said that the grapevines will probably be budding out in a week. About when does harvest typically fall, and are you thinking it'll be a little later this year for grapes? The earliest of the varieties will uh, start coming in around the end of August, and then the, the brunt of harvest is going to be the month of September, and we'll still see some stuff coming in into early October. Uh, so it's about a six-week, maybe seven-week process uh, or period of time during which that fruit all comes in. Uh, this year, with a slow start to the season, uh, that pushes back that start date a little bit. You can make some of that up during the summer months, uh, but there's, you still need a, a certain number of days and heat uh, to get to the end goal. Uh, so we'll see uh, something probably late August into early September as we normally would. That was Ryan Prelowitz, the owner and winemaker at Vines and Rushes. So feel free to enjoy yourself a glass of Wisconsin wine. It's not going anywhere soon. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Reba McClone. Boy, this is the time of the year when you notice the babies in the wild, don't you? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for my friends at McFarland's. 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sark City, just off Highway 12. Tell you what, if you've been noticing the deer, the fawns, the wild turkeys, maybe the fox, of course the rabbits, remember, they wouldn't mind at all if you decided to put out a feed plot this year. And if you're new to it or trying to upgrade your game, then you want to stop at McFarland's. They have everything you're looking for a very wide range of different types of seeds that you might want to feature plus the drills and tillage assistance that you need to put that plot in properly plus expert knowledge right there behind the counter all you need to do swing in the doors and remember everything at McFarland's all under one roof so if you're looking for a little assistance on those feed plots or you're looking for some of the equipment to get the job done 
They'll take care of you. McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. 543 on the clock, and honestly, we're not going to talk a lot about the numbers right now because, as you may have heard, on Friday, United States announced that they were going to lift the steel and aluminum tariffs imposed on imports from Canada and Mexico. That could remove a major obstacle to passing the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. The Canadian-American governments have both said the tariffs will end in a couple of days. Canada, in turn, will remove tariffs that it put on American goods in retaliation for the steel and aluminum tariffs. That could be good news for our grain trade, our livestock, as well as dairy. Friday in Chicago, in front of that announcement, we saw barrel cheese gain a penny and a quarter at 162.5. 40-pound block cheese was up a penny and a half, 167 and a quarter. But AA Butter finished the week on Friday down 4.5 cents at 2.34 a pound. So again, we'll kind of wait and see what's happening as far as the markets are concerned this morning. Bob Knack, big game specialist with the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, joins us next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Have you been seeing ads for non-surgical body contouring popping up all over the place? How do you choose the right clinic and right treatment with so many options now? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Cool sculpting has been around for over 10 years. At our clinic alone, we've performed over 1,000 treatments and continue to be amazed at the results. With many other devices, fat reduction is attempted through heat. In our experience, results can be very inconsistent and oftentimes only shrink fat cells rather than cause fat cell death, as in cool sculpting. Shrunken fat cells return with even a small amount of weight gain, whereas removed fat cells do not. Go with the treatment that has long term proven results rather than the fat of the week. Choosing cool sculpting at Rejuvenation Clinic will provide you with the best chance of success. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Have you ever encountered one of those companies that tries to be all things to all people? It's like herding cats. The tools, the parts, the know-how are all difficult to round up and solve the precise problem you're hoping to repair. At Benjamin Plumbing, they focus on one thing and one thing only, plumbing. Not heating and air conditioning, not garage door replacement, not security alarms or beauty salon supplies. Just plumbing repairs, remodels, and new construction. Avoid the jack-of-all-trades. Rely on your friends at Benjamin Plumbing to do what they do best each and every time. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. She knows which came first, the chicken or the egg. This is exciting news to me. It's time for the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, we are starting to see a lot of little wild creatures out and about these days, and that includes, of course, our Wisconsin white-tailed deer. In studio with us, uh, the folks from the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources to just remind you about some of the services they have available if you are particularly fond of those animals and kind of want to watch them through the growing season. Literally, Bob Knack, big game specialist from the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, along with his uh, DMAP assistant, Anna Brose, is uh, in studio with us. Now, first, let's talk a little bit about how we're doing. Polar vortex and everything that we yacked about through the winter, Bob, has it impacted from what you can see our deer population this spring? Well, when we are experiencing that winter weather this 
this uh, late winter in February, essentially, we we're all concerned in, in tracking our deer herd as best we could. And um, I, th- I think the feeling is the deer herd came through it pretty well. And the reason we're, we're that I can say that is our field staff are out out and about and seeing seeing good deer numbers. The the landowners enrolled in the DMAP program that I coordinate. Uh, we're hearing hearing from them as well that they're they're seeing deer. And our county deer advisory councils up in northern Wisconsin that we get recommendations from on harvest quotas um, uh, didn't recommend anything too restrictive this year as well. So I think people are feeling like the deer herd came through it okay. Yeah, and I'm sure that you know survival is one thing. Whether they are in good shape, that's another. And your staff will be mobilized kind of monitoring that all this year too. Yeah, absolutely. We have field staff that are out, of, out and about on their properties in the counties they work in, and, and they certainly take note of, of the deer they observe. We haven't, uh, it's been a little while since we talked about this, but we did speak of it frequently, and that's the DMAP pro- program, uh, Dairy Management Assistance Program, where literally you can partner up with the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources if you've got some land out there, and they'll help you kind of monitor that deer population, figure out uh, what might work best as far as ground cover to attract them in, what have you. And Rosie, tell me a little bit. She's a Alaska native, so uh, you must be pretty comfortable here in Wisconsin. Tell me a little bit about what you've noticed about the DMAP program here in Wisconsin and the people that get involved with it. DMAP's a really great program because it works for landowners from all walks of life, whether you have property exclusively for hunting, whether you have agricultural property. We can tailor our management recommendations to your goals and to your property specifically. So you really get out of it whatever you want to put into it. Have you seen any feedback? I mean, I was teasing about how I'm involved uh, with the home farm and DMAP. What kind of interaction have you noticed between those landowners, uh, DNR staff, or maybe the feedback to you? We have really uh, high satisfaction with the DMAP program. Um, Building those relationships between landowners and local DNR staff has had a lot of benefits Um, far outside of deer management by itself. We can talk about um, managing for other wildlife, helping landowners get financial assistance to do habitat improvement works, or managing other wildlife species as well. Well, and, you know, I think people automatically assume that DMAP's designed to draw in more deer. That may not necessarily be the case, though, huh? That's true, yeah. We, like I said, we can tailor our management recommendations to the landowner's goal. So if you're experiencing damage from deer eating crops or um, damaging forest regeneration, we can help you accomplish goals of reducing the deer population on your property. And like we said, the enrollment period's basically always open depending on the size of your land operation. And remember, it can be farms or, as uh, as uh, uh, Anna pointed out, or it can be uh, recreational land. Now, Bob, we'll get to the DMAP enrollment in a minute here, but you do have educational uh, forums that are coming up. And if you get involved in the DMAP program, they will always be sending you emails with different updates on how you can engage. Tell me about these workshops that are coming up beginning in June. Yeah, absolutely. We, this year we have uh, really four workshops planned through the summer months here starting in June. And we we try to select topics that we're interested in, but also we know our DMAP cooperators are interested in. And so the first one in June here, we're going to be actually out looking for fawns. So we're going to be out on a DMAP property doing some fawn searching as part of a deer research project. And so that workshop will, will uh, include that topic along with uh, information on chronic wasting disease. Um, later in the summer, we're going to be in northern Wisconsin talking about predator-prey relationships. As you know, if you, you live or hunt in northern Wisconsin, wolves, bears, bobcats, coyotes, all the, 
all the the critters out there that eat deer um, generates a lot of uh, discussion and and that's fine and and so let's talk about it and so we got a workshop planned up there along with some trapping demonstrations um, and then later in August we we have a couple guest speakers that we're bringing in from out of state. I think people get tired maybe of hearing from me me all that often. So we have Dr. Craig Harper coming in from uh, University of Tennessee Extension, and he's going to talk about early successional uh, plant management and, and uh, food plots. And then uh, later in the month, we have uh, Matt Ross, who is uh, with the Quality Deer Management Association, and he's going to come and talk about deer ecology and management. And each of those workshops are going to include uh, tours of properties enrolled in DMAP, and it's a great opportunity uh, for uh, landowners and, and hunters, cooperators to, to get together and see what other people are up to. Rob, uh, Bob, run us through again the kind of the specs if I want to get involved in DMAP. Uh, it can be free if you want to get uh, an upgrade, so to speak. It's just a small fee. Tell me about uh, DMAP and, and what I need to know if I want to get engaged. Sure. Uh, real quick, there's, th- there's three levels to the program. Level one comes at no charge. And there's no minimum acreage requirement. So really, that's open to anybody. And you, you get the, the regular email updates that you mentioned. You get invitations to the workshops. You get to participate in any research projects we have going on. Um, the next levels are level uh, two. And in order to enroll at that level, you need to enroll 160 acres or more. Um, and then you get a site visit with a biologist and a forester. They'll take a look at, you, at your, your property, talk with you about your objectives, write a management plan for your property. Um, the enrollment fee uh, at that level is $75, and that's for three years. Um, and then the next level is 640 acres minimum, $150 enrollment fee. A lot of the same benefits you get at, at that level too. Um, but but uh, another option as well is um, antlerless tags. Uh, uh, those landowners are eligible for reduced price antlerless tags, again, if it's going to help meet their objectives for their property. And you don't have to have, like, say, uh, you've only got 100 acres, but your neighbor next door has got a woodlot with uh, 60 or so. You can partner up. Yeah, absolutely. And we're seeing a lot of interest in that, uh, you know, forming these DMAP cooperatives. And so as long as the the acreage is within a quarter mile of, of your property line, you can combine your acreage um, and, uh, I'm sorry, a half mile of your property line you can combine acreage and then qualify at that advanced level. And what's the website or where can we send them? Yeah, if you want to sign up, just go to the DNR homepage and in the keyword box, type in DMAP, D-M-A-P, and you can see all kinds of information and sign up right there. It is a great way to interact with the staff uh, in your area and on a statewide level. And like I said, as somebody that's uh, participating in the DMAP program now, you really will see the benefits no matter how you engage via email meetings or on on uh, field on farm site visits. That's Bob Knack, big game coordinator with the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, talking about DMAP with his assistant, Anna Brosie, who is helping to coordinate the program as well. Remember, the DNR website's got everything you need to get started. Just do a DMAP.